This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlinski. As always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat, and the rubber is meeting the road, and right now the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't quite getting the job done against the best teams in the Eastern Conference, at least not over this past weekend as they suffered losses to the Toronto Maple Leafs as well as the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, there's no panic mode. The Penguins are still in second place in the Metropolitan Division. Whenever I think about these two games, obviously, when I look back into it, the Penguins, that Leafs game, I listened to it, and then I went back and watched it. They just never got going, and they they really need to get going early on. Same thing happened against the Canes. These are the teams, and we look at it, and the Pens are going to play good teams heading down the stretch the rest of the season. They have what? 49 50 games remaining on or sorry 32 to 30 games remaining on the schedule and 20 of them are against playoff teams right now so you're going to be playing good teams you cannot get out of the gate cold against those teams and expect to win many of them if any of them obviously they got it going against the canes and we'll talk about that a little bit more but against the maple leafs they just didn't have it, especially on the power play. I mean, 0 for 3 on the power play in just the second period alone, giving up a power play goal in the second, giving up a penalty kill goal in the second. They didn't have it against the Leafs. They didn't have it against the Canes. But hey, at least Tristan Jari is playing well still. Of course he is. He's playing great. And having him play great is the best part of um, the best of what we can ask for recently. We're going to take losses, but if your goalie that we always mentioned fell apart in the playoffs last season the fact he's able to bounce back and still be playing well in losses is at least a net bonus again yeah so I mean looking at these two games what you can take from it I think the biggest thing is obviously you know this Penguins team they do have fight in them I think the biggest one you can mention is the Canes game where you know down two to nothing against a team that is touted to be one of the best in the conference if not one of the best in the league being able to come back, even though being on home ice with two goals in the last five minutes of the second period, Brian Russ scores the first one. I believe that was on the power play. And then Sidney Crosby, one of the few times that we have seen him in recent years, just absolutely snipe it on the break. Just pull it back and just say, you know what? Try to catch up to this. And I thought that that was, you know, it was great to see in that instance. So there was a little bit more fight for the Penguins on Sunday, and I think that's what they definitely needed, especially after that game on Thursday night. You mentioned the fight in the Penguins against Carolina. Um, did you say that goal was a power play goal? Uh, the rust one, I thought. Uh, let me tell you right now, we had three power plays. We didn't. We did not pick up a power play shot. Uh, the Penguins were one for four on the power play today, or against the Canes. Against the Hurricanes. Oh, oh they, the, the Rodriguez the, goal. The Evan Rodriguez goal was one. Yeah. Yes. I, I knew one was, and I just couldn't remember which one it was. It took until that one because we went sh- uh, with zero shots in the first three power plays. I saw that stat because in mm-hmm. the middle of the third one, that, that little graphic popped up. The Penguins are 0-4-2 on power plays so far with zero shots. And unless yeah. they gave them a shot for that weird pass that um, – Slavin tried doing that bounced back into his own goalie unless they mm-hmm. get credited a shot for that they were sh- uh, shotless on the power play until uh 
the one that resulted in Rodriguez's goal, which, by the way, who would have thought Rodriguez would be the one to score first between him and Kapanen? One of them's yeah. back on, right? Well, let's hope that that gives Evan Rodriguez a little bit of a boost of confidence. I mean, it was one of his patent uh, this season, patented one-time slap shots from the point that he just absolutely blew past anti-Ranta. But that's the, I mean, if you're t- looking for takeaways and positive takeaways in these two games, there's not much to take away from the Leafs game, as we already mentioned. But the Canes game, the, the ability to fight back to the very last moment, they almost scored with zero seconds left on the clock with Crosby right out in front. That's something positive to take away from it. But other than that, they didn't play really well defensively, especially early on in these games, early on in the period. I mean, you look at the Canes game, two of their goals came at the very beginning of the second period and the very beginning of the third period. I believe they were both in the first minute or if not like very close to it. The Penguins just coming out of the gate slow and almost like different aspects as well, as which is the sad thing. So if you're the Penguins right now, obviously you have time to bounce back. You have time to turn it around. But these two games against very good opponents needed to set the stage for them and it, they just weren't able to get it done. Yeah, the first nine seconds of the second and third period. Mm-hmm. One of them a little fluky. The other one, you got to play some defense. They're not ideal. Those are the opening minute and closing minutes of periods are the biggest game changers when it comes to scoring goals mm-hmm. and you got to shut them down excuse me cannot give those up yeah well looking at the penguin schedule moving forward before we talk about the chad ruweedle extension which we'll talk about in the second segment obviously three-day break here for the pittsburgh penguins take it regroup you lost two games against the listen they were two good teams they're two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. You take this little break here, come back with home games against the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers on Saturday, and then you have the Columbus Blue Jackets on Sunday. So three games in four days at the end of this week, but at the beginning of this week, get into practice, try to figure some things out, especially on the Penguins' number one power play. I think that's the biggest thing moving forward. Those two games against Toronto and Carolina, the power play one was abysmal and atrocious to say the least. So if you can get those things fixed, especially heading into a game against New Jersey, where you're going to need to win those games against the out-of-playoff teams because you have a lot of them coming up against really good opponents like the New York Rangers, who they'll play for the first time on Saturday. Yeah, we got to, the power play has got to continue. Uh, we can see as many tweets as we like. Hey, the first power play unit is zipping the puck around at practice. Hey, the first power play unit is ecstatic every time they score a goal in practice. Congratulations, that is all in practice. Yeah. Now time to execute in the game. I would like to see them zip it around in a game. Carolina's penalty kill was un- unbelievable. It's first in the league for a reason, and it looked it. It looked really good. They seemed to be all over the puck. We were The Penguins were two men up on a power play with the goalie pulled, six on four, and, we, and they still seemed to, despite the fact that we scored, they still seemed to be all over the puck and getting it out. Mm-hmm. It took pretty deep into that power play to finally net one and make it a close game again. And then when we pulled the goalie again in the closing seconds uh, with Crosby in front, which, by the way, where was any defense? Yeah. Um, they they were a man down and still managing to look like the better team. Mm-hmm. Carolina's a hard team to beat, and that is one of the reasons. So you have to figure out the hard teams. you got to beat the hard teams. Mm-hmm. That's people every, – Every time I open Twitter during the game or after the game since it happened, I've seen at least one tweet that said, yeah, I could do seven of this. I don't know if we'd make it seven if we kept playing like that. 
Yeah, the way they played over the weekend against those teams, if you if you get into a seven-game series, you're going to need to do a lot better than the Penguins did in the past two games. And I, there's always stuff to work on, and the Penguins have a lot going into this quick little three-day break that they can spend in the city limits of Pittsburgh. Take your breaks when you get them because there's not going to be many coming down the stretch. Yep. So we're going to take a quick break right now, and when we return, we're going to talk about the Penguins' extension of defenseman Chad Ruweedle. We'll be right back. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team in the association and get $150 in free bets if they win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. And in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now, just because the Penguins on the ice weren't doing the greatest things doesn't mean the Penguins off the ice weren't doing things pretty well over the weekend. As Chad Ruweedle signs a two-year extension, $800,000 against the cap at each year. Obviously, this is Ruweedle's first season as a full-time player. For the Pittsburgh Penguins, usually he's a spot start, plays a game here, there, plays a stretch of games here, there, injury guy, next man up mentality. But this year, he's been in there for a career high 48 games played at this point now, 49 games played, including Sunday. His previous career high was 44 back in 2017-18. So Horwat, what do you think of the move to bring back Chad Ruweedle for two more years? Golden. It's... The the depth players are the players that don't usually stick around for very long, and you, you know that's they're definitely the pieces that are that prove it is that this is a business. Those are the guys that get flipped all around. I wouldn't be shocked one day if Teddy Bluger's wearing a different uniform or if Zach Gastarese is wearing a different uniform, because that's the part of the business. It's those guys are the ones that become the journeymen. Locking up Chad, but you want to lock them up, and locking up Chad Ruedel to two more years is a good move because the depth players are the ones that are going to be the easiest to sign, yes, but also the ones that somehow all of a sudden become the most important signings. And this is one of them. He might be a full-time starter this year by sheer accident or by um, happenstance just because we thought maybe P.O. Joseph would pop up and be a full-time player or 
maybe Mark Friedman would get in a game or two. It's very hard to tell, but clearly Chad Ruedel has earned the right of playing in every game and being a good anchor for what is the Mike Matheson experience, TM. And now it is the Chad Ruedel just stay at home steady. Again, we're not expecting him to score points. We're not expecting him to score goals. Hell, we're not really expecting him to play too much defense per se, but to be a body on the ice that chews up some minutes, lets your top line rest, and on occasion does the right thing and or sorry, always does the right thing, but then on occasion does some very fantastic stuff. And that's what we've been seeing this year through 49 games. It's impressive. I find it hilarious that less than a week after his first goal and a major goal that he scores on the season, he gets a two-year extension. Obviously, the timing of it is nice. The Pittsburgh Penguins and Ron Hextel, I, I think I agree with you. They hit the ball way out of the park on this one. Ruedel, he's having a great season statistically. I'll go into that in a minute. But realistically, he has came in. At the beginning of the season, we said there's going to be a competition for that sixth spot. It's going to be P.O. Joseph, you mentioned. Mark Friedman, you mentioned. Against Chad Ruedel. He won that contest and he has held on to it ever since with fantastic play he plays just over 15 minutes every single night he's a third pairing guy but he's doing it in such a good way that the Pittsburgh Penguins would be stupid to get rid of a guy like that with that value and a lot of people including me thought that he was going to take this first year the way that he's played what kind of role he's been in and how he's kind of not complained about being the seventh man for the past, what, three seasons? He's been with the Pittsburgh Penguins more than that since 2016-17. He is a Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins. To be completely honest, I didn't even know that he was still on that team. He might have been a healthy scratch, I forgot but he, he, was. Yeah. he was on that team in 17. So he has done all the right things as a member of this organization, and now he's getting rewarded with a two-year extension, a little bit of stability for Chad Ruedel, the best hair in hockey. So I love the fact that the Penguins were able to get him, and not only that, but I mentioned he was going to get a raise. He goes from making $750,000 a year to making $800,000 a year. So he gets a raise, but very team-friendly, and this is great for the Pittsburgh Penguins moving forward as now they have five of their current six defensemen signed on for next season. Of course, Chris Letang, the only one not under contract. Oh boy, don't you love to see that? That <laughs> makes it interesting. It does, and you know what? $25,000 just went down the chute, so we got to figure it out. Yeah, well, $50,000. Oh, wait, was it? Set? I don't know. If, yeah, I think he's at seven fifty this year, but uh, either either way, not anything that's going to be able to sniff what Latang is going to be making, but it makes it really interesting. No, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm very excited about this. I do like what Rue Weedle's done this season, and I think that when you look at the job Hextall and Burke have done this season, we knew there was going to be a lot of questions after this year. They're starting to answer some slowly throughout the season. Carter signed a couple weeks ago. Now Ruedel signed. Next year's team is starting to take shape, and I know we don't want to talk too much about that because you still have a really good chance this year at doing something special, but we still have to keep our eye on the future and what it's looking like, and right now it looks like a lot of Chad Ruedel for the next two years as well. One game at a time with Chad Ruedel. I guess. I guess. I mean, here's the thing too, $800,000, if you find a suitable replacement or if he's not playing well, which none of his performance says that it will not play well, $800,000 is easy to send down to Wilkes-Barre yeah, has or he, get rid of. Yeah, has he ever played bad? Not really. Not no, can, he's always kind of been steady. Yeah, no, there's never been a stretch of bad games from Chad Rui. Oh, maybe because if he hits two downturns and he's out of the lineup because that's just what we can do with him. Mm-hmm. solid team guy this is perfect yeah. for us again like like i mentioned it, it's not exactly every day you'll see 
your depth pieces stick around for a long time. Hell, we've said multiple times that Casey DeSmith at this point is overstayed his welcome because he's a backup goalie. It's just that's just not how that position works. Mm-hmm. Um, same with your depth forwards. I just to be real, it's gonna happen one day where most of our depth forwards are in different uniforms just because that's the business you keep around the top tier of the top tier everyone else gets moved at some point mm-hmm. chad ruil will get moved at some point maybe he already has he was a buffalo he's in buffalo first now he's here it's just interesting that we locked him up i don't hate it i love it because those are the guys that they're the glue of the team mm-hmm. stick them around as much as you can now, before we head to break, I do want to throw out some of his numbers here. At 5v5, his Corsi 4 percentage is at 55.05, which is a career high for him. That's puck possession. He's at a career high pace for that. Expected goal share when he's on the ice at 5 and 5 56.53, his second highest of his career. So he's performing better. He's outperforming anything he's ever done, and I think that's a confidence thing. We always talk about that with Rodriguez finally getting that goal. We talk about it with Kapanen. Well, Chad Ruedel has to have a great amount of confidence because he is not only playing full-time for the Penguins for the first time in his career, but he's he's excelling in that third-line role. He's playing really well. Uh when he's on the ice at 5-on-5 five five also, scoring chances for 55% to the Penguins and high danger chances for 56.58%. So his numbers are all in the positive. He's doing all the right things. He's playing with a guy in Mike Matheson who is having a really good season. And we thought this is going to be an issue because we thought the only person that could get Matheson to perform with him was last year when we had Cody Ceci. Not so fast. Chad Ruedel to the rescue for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I love this deal. I love the fact that the Penguins have him inked up. And I love the fact that he also is going to be a guy that's going to be playing the rest of the season. Because you know what this tells me? This tells me that Ron Hextall's not looking for a defenseman. That was my hot take for the second half of the season. If you're locking a guy like Chad Ruedel up, I don't think he's going for a defenseman. I think Ron Hextall might be eyeing up some other areas that he wants to fix and it's not on defense. And that's perfectly okay. This defensive core, as it stands this season, is pretty solid. Next season, it might be a little questionable because of the Latang situation, but that's a situation that we crossed this offseason. As of right now, for this season, this is a good defensive core. One mm-hmm. through six, and then your seven, and maybe an eight. If, if, yeah. if that eight is coasting in the minors, we have a pretty good core for right now. The same six guys have been in the lineup in the same exact formation for what, since November? Pretty since- long time now, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it seems like the Penguins are are very steady with that. I thought maybe they could add a piece there, but I don't know. I might be reading too much into a two-year extension at 800,000, but that tells me that they're confident with Chad Ruedel, and I don't think they make a move to bump anybody else out of the lineup. So I think that means that they're not looking for a defenseman at the deadline with that being about a month away at this point. Yeah, because at this point, who would we be putting where? Unless you're able to ship out Matheson's albatross of a contract, there's just no one you really want to move. Maybe you want to see more from Marcus Patterson. Sure. Maybe you want to see John Marino actually get kicked into gear. Sure. But there's just no other moves that um, seem to be available for this de- for this decor. Mm-hmm. I've loved... I've loved what Marcus Pedersen has done this season. I think he's actually been underrated as far as Pittsburgh voices are concerned. I don't think enough people are giving him credit for his season. John Marino is having a weird season where there's times where it's like, okay, this is the John Marino from his rookie year. And then there's times where he's worse than he was last year. And you just have to question what's going on there, but it's definitely too early to give up on him. Right. Absolutely. It is. It's not the end of the road for John Marino. You just want to see the consistency. 
Exactly. So we are going to take one quick break, Len, then we will finish this off with our Pens Poll. Speaking of next offseason, our Pens Poll circles around two free agents coming up at the end of this year. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Horwat, let's finish this one off with our weekly pens poll. We just finished talking about Chad Ruedel. He signs the extension. That's not going to be any off-season business anymore. He can just go on vacation. His agent can take some time off. But these two players, as of right now, still don't have a contract for next year with the Penguins. If it comes down to it this off-season, which of these players would you rather re-sign? Evan Rodriguez won the poll with 60% of the vote. Danton Heinen had 40%. Who do you pick and why? Between those two, I got to say Danton Heinen. Listen, Evan Rodriguez, what he started this season with was phenomenal. It was unbelievable, honestly, because it was Evan Rodriguez. If you would have told me last season that Evan Rodriguez is going to come out in the first, how many games was that? The first 30 games? Yeah, that's, and he's going to have a career high in points with 30, 30, mm-hmm. 30 for 30. I would have laughed straight in your face and wondered, why is Evan Rodriguez still on this team? Yeah. To be completely and brutally honest with you. And then his cold streak hit. And it it hit hard. Mm -hmm. To the point of, I think it would have been fair. If he didn't score in this last game, it would have been totally fair to start drawing the comparison to Kasperi Kapanen in these recent times. Because both of them, just ice, ice, ice cold straight out of the freezer. There's nothing much we could do about those two. Yeah. Rodriguez finally found the back of the net again. That's good. But at the same time, we discussed a while ago the regression to the mean for Rodriguez and where that may be coming from. Then he regressed far past his mean and then into nothingness, and maybe he's just finding his mean again. His mean, Mm -hmm. to me, his average, is not what I like that much. I like what Heinen has done this season. He started off really hot, again, has hit cold spells, but not to the extent of we expected more. Mm-hmm. We expected more from Rodriguez. That's that, that would may have been the issue, that the expectation was all of a sudden over the moon. We were having legitimate discussions of, hey, Rod, screw what the NHL is saying about voting or last man in or whatever <laughs> it may be. Put him in the All-Star game because of what he's doing. Yeah. That's what we were legitimately saying. And maybe that was just too high of expectations for him. Whereas Danton Heinen, those expectations aren't there. And he's exceeding them. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where I'm a little hesitant on both of them. But between the two, I would put my hat in the Danton Heinen ring. Mm -hmm. Because he's still a player that can find another level and can grow into something. Whereas Rodriguez, I think we are well aware of who he is. And that those 30 points were much more of a 
I don't want to say fluke, but much more of a playing with confidence and playing with a weird lineup. Mm-hmm. It was. It, it might have been the best hockey we've ever seen or will ever see Evan Rodriguez play. We don't know if he can get back to that level. I trust Danton Heinen to get back to the level he's been playing at all season long. He has had a little bit of a cold streak. I did hear when I was listening to the game on Thursday night, Josh Getzoff and Phil Bork said whenever the new lineup came out, he said, well, Evan Rodriguez, Kasperi Kapanen, Brock McGinn, all three guys on cold streaks, maybe put them together <sighs> and, and they figure it out. Now, Rodriguez scored on Sunday, but that was on a power play on a six on four where he was the sixth guy where he would not have been on the ice if not for the empty net for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I agree. I would go with Danton Heinen. I know recency bias. A lot of people like what we've seen from Rodriguez. And honestly, maybe the ceiling is higher with Evan Rodriguez, but the consistency still lies with Danton Heinen in my opinion. And I also don't know if we'll ever see that ceiling again from Erod. I like to say we would, but I don't think we do. And also I think because of that, He's going to demand a higher number when you're talking about trying to re-sign guys like Latang and Malkin and Rust. I think the issue is going to be that if Evan Rodriguez says, you see what I did at the beginning of the season? That means I deserve more money. I think that's at the point where Ron Hextall says, well, then you can find it somewhere else. But I'd love to see both of them back. If I had to pick one, though, and it comes down to it, like the question said, I'm going Danton Heinen. Absolutely. I'm going Danton Heinen, too. And you mentioned that line, the Kapanen-Rodriguez-McGinn line. McGinn is, uh, Brock McGinn is Brock McGinn, but I saw those two, uh, Kapanen and Rodriguez, joined together on the same line and thought to myself, well, this line's not scoring at all. Yeah. Don't, maybe it'll get them going. Maybe, but my confidence isn't high on that happening whenever Rodriguez was playing with confidence. Sure, his confidence wasn't amounting to anything. Well, Kapanen was playing with zero confidence and nothing was coming from it. That doesn't. It, that just doesn't sound like the way to get those two going. It doesn't. Honestly, I don't. We don't need to go off on a tangent on Kapanen because we've done it enough. But honestly, if he went into that game where he wore the nice green suit, didn't score. If he went into that game against Toronto, revenge game for him, didn't score. I don't know what's going to get him going again. I don't know if he has to sit out of the lineup. I don't know if he, I mean, the haircut didn't work. I don't know what has to happen. Do you have to brand him or something? I don't know what's going on with him. But when I look at these guys... Erod, we'll see what happens. But as of right now, I'm taking a Heinen. We don't know how the rest of the season will play out. That could change everything. But as of right now, I'd rather have Heinen back next season. So would I. So would I. So I know this was a little bit of a shorter episode. We didn't get to record in our normal slot. We're kind of trying to fit it in here. So we hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Horwat, anything else that you want to mention before we head to break? I know there's not going to be another game before we come to them again on Thursday. But is there anything else you want to mention about Penguins hockey before we send the Penguins fans and the Tip of the Iceberg listeners home for the first time this week? Not too much about hockey other than but uh, I just feel like I talked to the Sith Lord this entire episode with your lighting. You mentioned us recording at a different time. Uh, The sunlight didn't do your apartment any favors. I managed to adjust my blinds perfectly. So Um, the the half black face, uh, black face, that's wrong. The half, you're in the dark on this side. Yeah, you're in the shade. And it's, like I said, in the black hat and the black shirt, the black background, the black headphones. I am talking to a Sith Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And the Penguins, they, they need execute order 66 and actually win some freaking games like Mary Hulamy you did. Um, it's only been, what, two-game losing streak? Two, yeah. And one of them was a good game, and the other one you kind of forget about. And they're both against good teams, and at the very least, our star player didn't run into the side of the net. So 
That is going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. We will be back on Thursday with a normal length episode talking about Penguins taking on the New Jersey Devils. But that's going to do it. Have a good week, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.